Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online to agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving higher. Podcast Mark from Sean Hackett. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Axon Tire, I'd like to get the loyal listeners of the Moving Iron Podcast a free Axon Tire resource mouse pad desk pad thing, right? So if you got the mouse pad, you, need to, you have to have the desk pad to fully accessorize your desk. Otherwise, you're going to be out at the cold there. So check that out. If you got one of those, go to marketingaxontire.com and they will get one to you in the mail. Just send an email to marketingaxontire.com and tell them to move an iron podcast engine. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. About Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. <clears throat> TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and optionable pricing insights. And finally, this podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. Their Dealer Connect CRMI app with their integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership to create content create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Sean Hackett is with Hackett Financial out of Boca Raton, Florida. He's nice enough to come on and talk about what's happening in the marketplace. So Sean, how you been, man? I'm good, Casey. I'm getting ready for your uh, your summit. It's it's right around the proverbial corner. Yeah. Yeah, me me too. I'm getting ready for it as well. And uh things are got pretty busy there, so I had to take take a week off, but it's it's good to see you again yeah. and uh talk about what's going on and and just about like normal, there's been a, a ton of stuff pop up. You've got the old uh, Pro Farmer Turner, Turner Pro Farmer uh, Crop Tour going on right now. And it's pretty much verifying what, what you've talked about the whole time on the show so far, Sean. It really is. I mean, we just had too much heat for corn. And that's the, I always told everybody, everybody follows the rain, follow the heat. If it's too hot, you cannot have a top end crop. You will not have 
a top end crop and it's been too hot. And even though we've gotten some timely moisture, it's just not going to deliver, you know, on a trend line yield and you're going to be moderately below trend. And, you know, I, I feel that you are probably going to wind up in the low 170s yet again. Uh, I think it's a third year in a row. We're going to be kind of in that subpar range. And when you look at the ending stocks, we're going to be at bare minimum pipeline levels yet again in the U.S., which means we got to start the cycle all over again and hope that we can deliver bigger production globally as we get started for South America. And so we're putting weather premium on now. We're putting it back on both corn and soybeans. Um, we're putting it back on because we don't have any ending stocks in soybeans. Even if you believe the 151.9 yield that the USDA came out with, which clearly in my view is not going to happen. Um, they only said 200 million bushel carry out. So if we drop a bushel to the acre off, which is probably what's going to happen, we're down to bare minimum pipeline level. So we just have not been able to rebuild these ending stocks, Casey. And until we do, you know, the market's going to be needing to keep prices high to, you know, until we finally, now, now if we do convert over to this El Nino pattern that we've been talking about later this year and into 23, we should finally have an opportunity for trend line or above trend line, your crops and put some of the ending stocks back. But, there's a long time between now and when the market determines that. And so that's, we're in the cycle where we see some nice upside here into September, October before we might price it all in. Yep. So when you're looking at what, what they see happen there, I mean, what the USDA came out with the last loss report and then what you see happening now, I mean, how, as you're looking at these, these, there's a ton of crop tours are going, but as you look at these crop tours, they start, happening taking place from an accuracy standpoint obviously the best accurate measure of what the crop is and what's actually getting in the combine but as you look at these crop tours how accurate are they to what the actual end is going to be well the pro farmer tour which is really one that's been done for a very long time we have a lot of data they go to the same places every year mm -hmm. um uh, you know, they tend to be high they tend to actually uh you know too high. They, they tend to actually be higher than what the actual yield is, which is which which is what makes some of their conclusions. And we'll find out what their actual final conclusion is. I think Thursday they come out with their corn yield, you know, as an right. overall basis. But if you look at just their individual reports, it, it doesn't look good, and they're typically high. So the market's gotten pretty worried that in, that given their high bias. You know that uh, you know that's, that that one seventy five ish yield that the USDA came out with. Now, now there's a difference between what the truth is and what the USDA is willing to say, right? So, right, exactly. But it, yeah. but it sure looks like we need to move down in the low one seventies to me to get the number right, and that means we're at a billion bushel carry out again, give or take, and that's where we were last year, <laughs> and that's where the year before. So, um, you know, that's just not gonna allow the market to ease back on these prices and so they you know they they crashed into july thinking we're going to have uh, better crops and 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 we did avoid a disaster but we did not have a good enough crop to actually change the supply demand fundamentals and so we're now in a, you know you know rapidly putting price premium back on as you know we've been talking about a bullish turning point in the first part of august here we thought you know we, we were turning much more friendly the grain markets and uh, that forecast, I think, clearly now is starting to prove out to be correct. We're clearly seeing uptrending markets now in grains, and we're turning a corner. I think the next important 
area to look at is like late September timeframe. I think by then we might price a lot of this in and that might be the next place to be looking at some kind of a more important top again. We'll have to just, you know, monitor as we get closer to that window. But I think from, from here in that mid-late September timeframe, I, I don't believe we've put enough price back in. I think there's more to go. So. Okay. All right. So let's, let's talk about Ukraine here just a little bit and more and more um, cargoes are making their way out of the Black Sea. We're starting to see that. Not like it's a huge amount coming out at all, but it's more than zero. And that's where the market had planned to see that number stay for a, while, a long time. Um, Zelensky came out yesterday and said that our goal here is to not only win and and we get back um, where we start out with, with Russia, but also take back the Crimean Peninsula and the Donbass region as well. So uh, they're in it for the long haul. I guess as you take a look at what's going on in Ukraine with the geopolitical stuff that's happening there and then more and more ships finding their way out of the Black Sea, what are your thoughts there and how do you think the market's going to react um, if you know four or five cargoes a day are getting out of the Black Sea? We've already reacted to there's some grain coming out of Ukraine now. We've traded that. It's already in the market. Old news, no longer uh, an impact, right. in my opinion. It's already been traded. What what hasn't been traded is, you know, I think the market's actually trading that we're going to get substantially more grain out of Ukraine. And I think they might be making a mistake um, that they're overestimating how much grain's going to come out of there. I think the next big adjustment's going to be that Things are going to get worse again in Ukraine, and then those ships may actually not increase, or they actually may slow down, or they may actually close it off again. There's a, that, to me, that's the bigger risk here: is that we we have a false sense of security that that grain is going to continue to be allowed out. I don't so sure. The U.S. Embassy yesterday came out with an alert: all Americans need to get out of Ukraine immediately because they're expecting a dramatic deterioration in Ukraine from Russian aggression. That came out yesterday afternoon. I don't yeah. think that's the kind of environment that's going to be um, required to allow grain to get out of Ukraine in larger quantities. In fact, I could argue it actually might shut the thing down again. So I think where we're heading is something more bullish again on the Ukraine front after overpricing and the fact that some grain is going to move. I, it just looks to me like this has been a temporary um chessboard uh match play and 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 the next shoe to fall is going to be re-aggression again and i just can't imagine if the embassy is so worried about americans in ukraine that they've that they're telling him please get out immediately how that's going to be good for grain moving out of ukraine so yeah that's that's a good point all right so let's talk about what we see happening over on the on the protein side you take a look at what's happened with cattle cash prices um hit a two-week low yesterday, and that's uh, a little bit of a different um, pace than what we've seen here over the last uh, a couple months here. So as you look at the cattle market, Sean, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, we got a little we got a little bearish here, as you know, Casey, over the last few weeks. Yep. You know, some of our indicators were telling us that, you know, smart money algorithm was getting some aggressive selling. You know, we were looking at toppy on the charts. Seasonally, you know, demand tends to back off a little bit for cattle. And of course, when the corn price takes off, the feeder cattle market always gets hit, which it has. So I kind of think we have more to go here on cattle to the downside. I kind of think mid, mid September ish, late September ish, when grains are likely to top out, would be a, a time to look at 
um, you know, the cash buy side of the cattle market. I just think we've had a good run. We had a, you know, we got, you know, we had a pretty solid rally from late June into early August. And it's just time for rest in the, in the hog market. We had a crash. I mean, we've had a, a complete waterfall crash from, you know, 92 ish area on the charts down to this low eighties on the charts, depending on what contract you're looking at. And um, it just seems to me we hit a, a demand air pocket here. You know, there's, there's a lot of weird things going on with the global economy, with the U.S. economy, and it just seems like we hit an air pocket um, seasonally and some demand here. And, uh, um, and so the hog market, you know, has kind of really, really taken on the chin. Having said, and remember, we, we also turned bearish uh, hogs around the same time because we were also seeing some, some toppy patterns with our smart money algorithm and things. So we're not surprised at these corrections. We're a little surprised that hogs corrected so aggressively. But if you look at the charts, we're in very strong area of support seasonally, specifically on hogs. They tend to really like to go up uh, from here into uh, early October based on seasonal rebuilding of demand going into the holiday season. Um, I'm looking at the Chinese hog price. Uh, it's rallied 30% here in the last six months, showing a shortage of animals being the herd liquidation that we saw post second round of ASF. Is over the rebuilding less animals coming less pork coming pork shortages coming and they need and the high demand part of the season for pork demand from china ahead of their holiday season holidays in january february is now into the end of the year i think they're going to come back especially with this big knockdown in u.s hog and pork prices and say that looks like a pretty good deal to us and that's been one of our theses as you know casey that we thought we would see some chinese demand come back that would lead some to some 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 better pricing as we get on to the fall and i think the hog market at this level is looking pretty interesting here so if, if if i'm a buyer a cash buyer of you know lean hogs if i'm in the pork business i think this is a pretty good opportunity to be looking at protecting some upside price for us i think there's going to be some better pricing ahead so right on okay well sean good stuff as usual man go ahead well, one other thing uh I, th I thought this might be interesting. It's something um, that we thought, uh, you, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, this, the heat that we've had here in the U.S., the extreme sure. heat that they've had in Europe, the extreme heat that they're having in southern China, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and, and of course, La Nina, by the way, it's not a new, that's kind of, you normally have hot, dry patterns, but the heat has been a little over the top, uh, um, you know, just excessively hot. And I think one of the, uh, reasons that this might be happening is the tonga volcanic explosion had happened earlier um if you remember that was an underwater volcano right and if yep. you remember that did not deliver sulfur dioxide in the atmosphere because it was an underwater volcano and the sulfur dioxide wasn't allowed to push like a i mean that eruption was a was a vei6 it had been above ground but it didn't deliver on the sulfur dioxide. But what it did deliver on was massive water vapor in the stratosphere. Um, in fact, there was an article that was written about a month after that explosion went off by NASA. You know, and NASA actually does some really good work. If you actually look at the research papers they put out, for, you know, not their public comments, but their actual research is really good. And they put out a research paper that talked about how th this is, they've never seen a volcano underwater volcano of this magnitude before we've never seen water vapor go in the stratosphere 
with in these kind of quantities ever before. I'm not aware of it. I mean, we're in uncharted territory, but we do know water vapor is has very, very strong ability to trap heat, especially if it gets stuck in the stratosphere. And if it gets stuck in the stratosphere, which it was, you know, it, it'll be there for a year or two. And they made the comment that they thought that this could uh, 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 this could add to some extreme hot weather potential for the next year or two because of this unusual natural uh, phenomenon that took place. And I think their thesis is starting to um, verify because, yeah, we normally have hot, dry weather in La Nina, but it's been over the top hot. I think maybe that, you know, that this Tonga um, massive explosion and this massive water vapor push into the stratosphere is actually having a heating effect, a natural heating effect that um, we might have to be uh, dealing with here. And so I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is I think that this is something we're going to have to, to modulate in our view in terms of, you know, some, some warmer extremes than we would normally see under normal circumstances because of this natural phenomenon. The likes, like I said, when we're done with this phase, we'll know what, a, what an underwater volcano can do and what it means. But it does mean, or it does suggest that the research NASA did is verifying that we're getting some, some water vapor heating of the air, you know, trapping the heat in that we would normally not expect to see. Um, I just find that very interesting. You know, a lot are attributing this heat to, you know, humans' involvement. Um, and I would say that the science is actually suggesting it's a natural phenomenon. And that's something we want to be paying attention to going forward um, in terms of, especially when we get into 2024 and 2025 when the Gleisberg cycle kicks in, Casey, you know, it looks to me like that water vapor, that water vapor concentration could still be floating around in the stratosphere, it may, it may create a, a, a more challenging heat environment than we would normally expect. So just, just something that I found very interesting that not a lot of people are talking about, but that scientists are talking about that, you know, can certainly has, has would seem to me to be a logical contributor to why we're seeing some, some heat that we really haven't seen in a very, very long time. So. Well, hey, good stuff to think about. I, I totally forgot about, that volcano and, and what, well, what it did when it actually went off the first time, uh, right there, right after that, and how that affected the environment. And I, if you want, I can, uh, I can email you the link to this NASA article. And if you want to post it anywhere, it's I mean, it's, you know, I'm, it's, 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 it's not like this is proprietary information, man, but it's a really good article and was written, you know, many, many months ago. And they warned it that they thought this could happen and it's happening. So, you know, they always say, follow the science. Well, follow the science. There it is. I think, I think it's a good read for anyone that's really interested in, you know, what actually might be going on here. Naturally, phenomenon uh, events actually do form, shape and form our weather all the time. So. That's crazy. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. I'm glad you brought that up. That's, that's a, that'd be a worthwhile uh, article to read there. So, well, good, good stuff as usual, Sean. Folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what it is you're doing at Hackett Financial. What's the best way to do that? Our website is Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. Lots of information of how we use our weather algorithm and our capital flows algorithm to help price forecast markets and give very good advice to farmers, producers, end users, anyone involved in the ag space at this point in time. So, right on. Looking forward to uh, to your to your presentation at the Movie Nine Summit. It's going to be it's going to be a good one and going to have a lot of good information. And 
and you're going to be talking to a sold out crowd, Sean. So you're going to, you're going to have a packed house there, man. So it'll be, it'll be good times. No pressure. I know. I better, uh, I better lose a little weight. <laughs> I think you'll be all right. I think you'll be all right. So, well, Sean, appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Thanks, Casey. Appreciate it. I don't know. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast and check out the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel is pretty original, pretty original name there. So check that out. Also, if you are um, coming to the Moving Iron Summit uh, in Nashville, looking forward to see everybody there. Uh, like I did say, it's a sold out uh, crowd. So it will be uh, it'll be a lot of good time for networking and what have you there. So interested in doing that? Uh, send uh, uh, for next year. Send me an email. Moving on our podcast. Moving on our podcast dot com, and I'll get you on the waiting list. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Sean Hackett. Let's move on, folks. Out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having one hundred years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century